Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Spacehead is ready. Spacehead is ready. Let's see if my buttons work. Here we go. Hang on. Hang on. One. Just. It's too late, Dave. It's starting. Welcome, friends, to the Starfield Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am back with our regular cast of friends. We've got Dave Chavins and returning our special guest, Spacehead. Tuniversal Spacehead. has now become Spacehead, the all-knowing, all-wise, all-wonderful artist, knower of things of space. Welcome, everybody. That is, yes. That is yes. That is yes. Dave, how, how you doing, buddy? How are things? I'm doing well. Um, I noticed tune. I don't know if you, it's in your eye, but you definitely have a floater in your uh, in your space. Definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a floater in my space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure this is really good podcasting for people just listening. So we are live right now at Twitch.tv/RobotsRadio. It is Tuesday. And we don't have a regular time yet, but you know, just follow the channel. And we'll let you know when we're going live. And if you are not tuning in live, then you are missing out right now. Spacehead, who is to universal, who's basically a floating head on a very interesting Starfield background, not actually from the game Starfield, more like some sort of weird cartoon thing with stars. But it all looks very real. It's all very real. There's a very real rocket ship flying behind it's very you. realistic. And every so often there's a very, very real Christmas tree also flying behind him like a rocket christmas tree in space very very real this is the show where we discuss the starfield game which has not even had much information out yet and we dangerously speculate about what little bits of information we have and the reason why we're doing a second episode is because we have some new information it's going to be exciting friends so strap in to your starships and get ready for some space facts you guys ready I'm ready. Now, Toon, you were asking at the beginning of the episode where Jonesy is. Have you guys seen Jonesy? Where's Jonesy? You know, I, I, I worry about Jonesy a little bit. You know, we haven't heard any more info on him, so I hope that Jonesy is safe somewhere in mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. In space. I think, I think Jonesy has made the, um, the important decision that um, we all have to make as a personal choice of the level of quarantining that we are doing. Uh, and I think that he is in full quarantine mode i think that that is um that is the realm at which he has reached um they he was not comfortable uh, it was clearly unplanned his his trek that he had to take out um so i think he's he's back home so this confirmed now covid works in space also so be very careful you can still transmit in space 
it is a very very powerful <laughs> disease transcends space and time transcends space it and does. time yeah so so on that note if you if again if you're listening for the first time jonesy was a reference to uh last episode when we decrypted the meaning of some text in some screenshots for the name of the character and also the name of all of our characters and the name of our guild which is probably not even going to be a thing but we're going to make it a thing for Starfield. Tom, I feel like I feel like if we have to explain every single inside joke, uh, by the time we get to like episode fifty, we're just going to be talking about the things that we said before. That's my plan. Uh, I think each uh, episode will be twice as long as the previous episode, which means that by the fiftieth episode, <laughs> that would be say two, four, six, um, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, carry the 64, three. Mm. 128, 256, 512, 1024. That's a lot of hours by the time we get to fifty. It's probably more yeah. hours than you have in all of time all put together. So at, at that point, we'll need to program. We'll need to program um, uh, like AI versions of ourselves to give the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be and, like and an way, unending podcast. That's the plan, at least. Right. Right. And, and, you know, Starfield's going for that next generation technology. And so I think that I think that we should go for that next generation technology. And um, speaking of next generation technology, guys, I have a button that does this. So, uh, are we going to talk about news yeah. now? Because <laughs> I hit the we button. are. <laughs> you did hit the button. We are going to talk about some news. <laughs> uh, first up today, we have a very interesting interview with uh, Todd Howard. Yes, uh, Todd Howard. Todd Howard out. recently did, did an interview uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago ish. Yeah, it's with um, uh, a conference in, in, in it's in Brighton, which is in England. Um, that essentially they have developers there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, another uh, space game with uh, an infinite universe in which you can expand was also developed in Brighton, uh, known as No Man's Sky. Uh, that may oh, come up. Yeah, yeah, that conversation. One. Heard of that game? Yeah, that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, in a lot of these developers' conferences, you have some of the bigger names getting out there that just talking about their their process and how they go through things. Um, it's it's pretty much common ground for them to talk about how development goes and some of their projects. Uh, but it's interesting to get some insight into Starfield before it's even released. Yeah. So what do we what do we know now? What's the new info? Uh, um, there are there are some I guess bullet points I've pulled from a Reddit thread that has uh, kind of I guess instead of us playing the full uh, hour and five minute interview here on the podcast, <laughs> uh, which you can go listen to yourself, there's some bullet points here I want to talk about. Uh, Starfield is a single player game. Uh, there are no multiplayer aspects, so a lot of people were worried coming out of Fallout 76 that there would be more multiplayer. Bethesda games, um, and this seems like that it is a single-player game. Now, we speculated about this a little bit on the first episode, and um, seems like it's not going to be multiplayer. So, there goes that. There goes that plan for taking over the universe as Team Jonesy. Yeah. Luckily, Sorry, nobody guys. nobody put that on their betting sheet, um, which is which is a boon to all of us. So, as far as the the betting game goes, um, we're pretty good. Next piece of news. I'm I'm doing this as dry as I possibly can. Go, go right that. through it because you're very. You're, uh, it's a very serious topic. This is a very serious topic. <laughs> a focus on procedural generation during level design. 
level design is confirmed not only for Starfield, but also for Elder Scrolls. Uh, six, this is a tool for developers to create massive landscapes and does not mean the land will be randomly generated in real time like No Man's Sky, meaning your game will look exact same as everyone else. This is simply an engine tool to create larger worlds, so expect Starfield to be much larger than Fallout 76 map, which is already four times bigger than Skyrim. So it's essentially they're not we're not like activating some procedural code in the background to populate stuff. They're doing it from their end to create stuff. That's right. going to be the same. Right. So it's not going to be like uh, jumping into like old Diablo dungeons where every time you go back in the same dungeon, everything gets moved around. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically technology on their end to help them create even more space for you to go do stuff, even more space for you to go do things and explore without them having to handcraft every little nook and cranny. Right. Right. That's kind of, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, which you know i'm i'm unsure how that works because i mean in no man's sky it's like that but i'm not sure like the back end what that even means for because like if you go to a planet no man's sky it's not different for other people it's the same as you get but i think i'm starting to think that maybe this planets as you explore new ones are kind of generated on the fly um as to what kind of like creatures and what kind of things you have on them but it's yeah interesting stuff. yeah it's very vague i uh it's either it's either that or they are using the procedural generation in order to plot the area of the game that you're able to access and then when they use the procedural generation let, let's say they let's say they're creating a planet they create a planet using procedural generation which creates most of the sound the escapes of the planet they go they probably generated a few times. They get one that they go, okay, this one's this one we can use. This looks like a lot what we want to use. Create this. It has a certain amount of water. It has a certain amount of mountainous area. It has a certain amount of whatever. Um, and then they probably dig in and craft very specific things for that planet in very specific spots. But they're using the procedural generation in order to create the majority of uh, to handle most of the work because not everything needs to be handcrafted. You know, just because right. uh, like think about the landscape in Skyrim, right? Like one mountain looks a lot like another mountain until you're actually walking up uh, the side of a cliff. And then all of a sudden you're going to need details and things in there. The actual mountains themselves for for, you know, if you have dozens and dozens of planets don't need to be all handcrafted. You just need to have specific places that you're going that are handcrafted. So that could be one option. Right. The other could be that they're just procedurally generating everything. And inside the procedural generation, they have uh, include they include bits and pieces that can be placed into things. For example, a cave with a certain type of shape that has a certain type of item or creatures or whatever in it. And that will procedurally just get generated somewhere on the map and then you'll end up having to find it. So. It could go a few different ways. Yeah. It reminds me of SimCity 2000. Remember that you could like randomly generate your your map and kind of customize it the way you want to. Yeah, it's a deep pool. I like so that. So basically, we're using SimCity technology, is what I understand here. That makes sense to me. I'm trying to think what would be like an easy, I guess, like citizens of a city. Like obviously, you don't want to fully populate like like in um, in Oblivion. Every single city is fully populated with people, and they all have names, and they all have design. dialogue. They're having yeah. planets full of cities. You know, or like settlements of of some sort, or space stations, and you're having a bunch of them. You're not going to want to have fully written characters for every single one because then that's a, a, a ton of work. Whereas if you can make a procedural engine that can render 
believable looking space residents, space people, space star people, star folk, star folk, heads, star, star heads, star um, heads, persons, star persons. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you can do that, then that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, moving on. Uh, there's been a major overhaul to the creation engine, uh, larger than the jump from Morrowind to Oblivion. So, which we already knew about. Huge. We already heard about that. <laughs> Huge. Yep. Um, so the the procedural generation has me speculating on some other thoughts I want to hit on later on the in the episode. Um, speaking about speculating on some other thoughts, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. One of the reasons why Spacehead uh, or AKA Tune Reversal is with us today is because he has crafted some more artwork for us based on his space knowledge about some of the space ships that will be in the game. So stay tuned for that right, later right, on right, the episode. Based also. on my star fact knowledge. Lots of star facts. Lots of star There's, space space facts? Star facts? We're confused. Listen, we don't know. We don't it's, know. It's already it's already been a long week. We're throwing around these star facts like we just don't give a you know what. Like it is out we are out there. We're calling it this isn't space junk. This is star facts. Like, you know, it's concrete, but we're going to throw them around like you don't even know. You don't even don't, know. You don't, we don't even give a know. Pluto. What'd you say? We, we don't, don't give, give a Pluto. <laughs> we don't give right. a Pluto what you guys think. Right. Yeah. We don't give a Pluto. Planet, not a planet. A we don't give it. Yeah. So we don't, get a, we don't, yeah. we don't give a Pluto. Yeah. Don't you know what? Think. You know what? Up your Mercury, you know? Up your Mercury. That's right. Venus. Oh! Oh! Next piece of news. Uh, it's going to be a while until we see Starfield. The release date can be subject to delays. Uh, so like COVID has delayed a bunch of stuff, uh, which is unsurprising. Um, they probably had every, I think every single game development company had an idea for what they were going to be doing in 2020, back in 2019. And that had been thrown out the window. Except for that uh, one so that all has all the lazy people who don't plan ahead. But we're not talking about them. There's still a exactly. lot of speculation about Starfield releasing fall next year fall of 21 there's i've seen i've seen people speculating i'll just say that i want to believe it i hope i hope that's true i hope it's true i think it's closer than i think it's closer than we can we can think about because but you're not going to get a lot of leeway i think when they when they announce that they're going to do something like if they're if it's at e3 then it's going to be in the fall um or whatever e3 is or the summer of summer of love and fun for the games industry, um, which mm-hmm. is what I lovingly refer to it as. Uh, if it's there, they generally have a quick turnaround on announcement and then it's out. So I think that it will be, we will know when we know we're not going to get a bunch of teasers and doodads and different stuff. If you want, if you want teasers and doodads and like too much information, then guess what? You're in the right place. Sounds like it's yeah. from the mouth of Pete Hines. Those other behinds would have said, "You'll know when you know." Up your Pluto and your Mercury. And That's your right. Mercury. We are we are a contentious show today, friends. So make sure that you are definitely strapped into your spaceship. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm like I'm feeling mean. Somebody, some may call me a a, a flingon. Those are in. Um. Uh. Wait. Nope. A flingon. Yeah, flingon. That's what. Those I'm are going to be actually in Starfield. Flingons. Flingons. Um, they are not associated. If you even think that they're associated with Star Trek, that's a you. You need to no. get out of here. Um. Uh. Moving on. Mm-hmm, NPCs mm-hmm. will play a larger role in future games. Cities will be expansive and large compared to past games. I think that ties into procedural generation. 
yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense as well. Uh, and it'll be on Games Pass day one. So if you have Xbox Games Pass, uh, you will get for, you know, not for free, but for whatever you paid the subscription for Games Pass for and be able to play it when it releases, uh, which is really awesome and a really good deal. And it's one of the best deals, I think, in gaming. That if you just want to play games and you don't want to get too bogged down by stuff, get that Xbox Games Pass. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. The whole connection to Microsoft, you know, Microsoft is yep. uh, my guess is they've seen some of what is being built out on this. And that was part of the pitch for them purchasing Bethesda. And they said, yes, please. Yes, please. We're putting this on Game Pass. We're going to use it. We're going to get lots of people playing it. We're going to sell lots of this. This looks awesome. So probably good news. You play it on your phone. You can play, play Starfield it. on your phone. You can play Starfield on your phone. You heard it on here first. <laughs> yep. Heard it here first. Um, I think it's, I think I, I, I always like to reiterate that I think their strategy with the games pass is interesting from they're not trying, they're not trying to play. They're not trying to play like, I guess like console wars or whatever. Like they are yeah. trying to be like, okay, we've got a killer app. We're trying to take out companies like Netflix. Like we're trying, we're going for these big, we're trying to consume your time. Like that's what mm-hmm. we're, we're here to battle for. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. They're trying to get it everywhere they can. And I'm sure if, if Sony said, yeah, you can put it on PlayStation, that they would have it on PlayStation as well. Like It, it, it seems like that they want it everywhere they can possibly physically get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. So. It, I, I think it's totally the plan. Uh, let's see. Bethesda will continue to support mods in the future. Um, so if people who may have missed, I, I feel like there's a lot of these like like interesting bullet points that are kind of laying fears. I think people were afraid for um, uh, Bethesda following Fallout 76, where they kind of made it clear that it was going to be like an offshoot rather than the path forward. Um, yeah. Every time a in, company in, uh, diverges from their normal path with something, the fans who are sticklers for that thing get really we- like weirded out by it, and they end up going, "Oh no, the thing we love is changing. It's never going to be the same again." And you can clear, you can clearly tell that marketing has done a lot of work to say, "Hold on, everybody, this is just this thing. We still have this thing over here. It's cool. Still, still making single player games. Still making moddable games. You know, we're still the same company making this same stuff. It's just been a while. So, relax." Uh, moving on, the amount of developers are at least four to five times larger than they were when they worked on Skyrim and Fallout 4. Uh, Bethesda Game Studios Dallas, Maryland, and Montreal are working on Starfield, while Bethesda Games Austin is in charge of Fallout 76 post-development with the Brotherhood of Steel expansion coming out in December. I think that's incredibly interesting because yeah. I was curious I was curious what Dallas was up to because the last thing that Bethesda Dallas did was nuclear winner for um, mm. 76. They were the ones that, that came in and said, okay, we're going to, this is kind of our like getting our feet wet in the Bethesda world. We're going to make this nuclear winner mode. And there hasn't been like, there's been some like cosmetics and stuff, but as far as like new maps and different stuff, I was curious what they were working on. And it seems like that they have shifted their development into, um, into Starfield, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four to five times larger that is huge like i have to wonder what the scale and scope of this is going to be or if it's just um when we made the jump going back in time when we made the jump to hd gaming when the 360 generation came out the ps3 generation 
uh, teams had to scale up their developers, mostly for artwork reasons, because the artwork was more intensive. Uh, the graphics were more intensive. Um, I have to wonder if this is a similar scale to this new generation with 4K being a thing and the amount of just different items and things in the game is just going to be so large that it's going to take that many more developers. Uh, you know, or maybe maybe there's a it's from the coding side too. Maybe it's more complex um, updating the engine and doing all of these things four to five times. That's amazing. It's a lot of people. Well, I know like company companies like Rockstar um, that had a bunch of different studios working on a bunch of different things in the past. Like they had Grand Theft Auto 4 working alongside Red Dead, the original Red Dead Redemption. They had expansions to both like a full on zombie expansion or they had um, the two different uh, expansions to four. And then everybody kind of came together on five. And then really, once they were like, OK, we're going to do Red Dead Redemption 2, which is I uh, like considered in like the upper echelon of games from this past generation. Um, they took all of their studios and said, this is what you're working on. You're not working on anything else. Um, un unfortunately that led to some overall crunch um, and some strange management situations, but it created a product that was pretty meticulous, um, which is kind of un unrivaled in current open worlds. Um, everything in there is like, to a detail that is kind of astounding from for, yeah. at least from my perspective. So I hope mm -hmm. that we see the same with um with Starfield. Uh as far as news, uh there's more of course in that interview um from the Develop Brighton conference uh that you can read up on, get some information on, but those are kind of the big bullet points that I wanted to uh talk about in our Starfield news segment. Yeah, I'd love to hear some of your speculation about what some of this means. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of speculation on Reddit. We have all sorts of crazy wackiness. Log into the Robots Radio Discord, check out the Starfield Lorecast channel, and let us know. Let us know what your, what your expectations are, what your thoughts are on this. Is this good news? Do you think it's coming out in 2021? And, uh, you know, just in general, what do you think about the procedural generation? How do you think that's going to work? Because uh, if you are a developer, especially if you're somebody who has worked behind the scenes on video games, we'd love to have some insight into that directly as well. So let's move on to Star Clues. On the night of June 10th, 2018, Bethesda gave us a glimpse at their new space-based RPG. Ever since then, we've been piecing together information in a series that we call Star Clues. This show only becomes more and more serious as we go, friends. I hope you are double strapped in to your spaceships. Let me, let me tell you something. We start, there's like, there's like this level. It's like there's probably when we begin, we're probably lawful good. Okay. And then we like, there's a pendulum that swings and the more and more we get to chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. And boy, mm -hmm. do I want to get there. Mm -hmm. That's where, that's where I want to end every day in chaotic evil. <laughs> That's how I know I did a good um, job. And we don't go diagonally across the, the grid. We don't just go right through neutral neutral. No, 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 <laughs> friends. No, we no, no. zigzag. We create a Z shape. And then another Z shape. We go we go all the way to chaotic good and then back to lawful neutral and then to chaotic neutral and then to lawful evil and then to chaotic evil. It's a long trip. So what do we yeah, have? I, I, oh, go ahead, Dave. I was well, going to segue. But I was going to say that it was, I, I mean, I, at this point, I am clueless as to your segues. 
Um, obviously, <laughs> when you've been podcasting for this long on our second episode, we should be pros at uh, coming be. up with segues. We should be. Um, so let me let me here's here's what I'll do for our audience. I'll offer this time now for uh, a possible segue into what we're talking about. So, Tom, this is the opportunity. By the time the show ends, if we're at um, chaotic evil, I have a feeling one of us will no longer be living, and it might be me. Let's move on to Star Clues. What do we have this week, I'm, Dave? Oh, Tune, what's up? <laughs> what I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm only an eighth of a person already, so <laughs> I've, got that, I've got that going for we me. We can't decapitate you because that was not going to do anything. So I'm going to call, I'm going to call where you it. are. You're in the Star Aquarium. Um, Star Aquarium. Listeners at home, imagine yourself that you, your head has been placed in a, uh, in a box of space that is lively. Um, there is glitter. There are rockets. Uh, there's even a Christmas tree. Um, with rockets, with space rockets on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where Toon is right now. That's, that is the, uh, the headspace in which he occupies. I know what you're saying. It, I'm giving a whole new meaning to the talking head. You know? Yes. Mm, mm. Star Aquarium. That is where you reside, my friend. Star Aquarium. Star Aquarium. Well, this is exciting. In. Can we keep talking in. about the Star Aquarium? I'm going to do the segue. I'm going to do the bit now. I'm going to do the bit <laughs> All right, now. Go. Let me send up my go. warning. Uh, there has been there has been some mighty, mighty, mighty fine speculation about this little tiny logo thing mm-hmm. uh, that we had originally seen in the E3 uh, trailer that was from uh, 2018. Uh, that we saw kind of in the reflection. There were some, you know, everything's in the reflections. If we look close enough at the reflections of what Todd Howard has given us, the reflections can, reveal all. The reflections reveal all. They reveal our one true God. Um, and they notice there's this kind of like circle with a little bit of a, a little bit of a like a, a lazy obtuse angle within it. Yeah, That's what I call that. Yeah, for our for our live viewers and those of you watching on the Robots Radio YouTube channel, check this out. The image is too large on my screen. Let me adjust it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the image. Over the course of uh, some interviews with some of the staff at, at Bethesda, uh, there have been some shirts that have this kind of kind of patchy thing on the side of their shirt that looks mm-hmm. similar to this star with the lazy obtuse angle. Or circle with the lazy obtuse angle. Um, <laughs> lazy obtuse angle. Okay, go on. The lazy obtuse angle. Uh-huh. But now uh, there was another shirt that it looks like it is that lazy obtuse angle indeed has maybe become a sun or planet. And above it are uh, what I would only say are stars. Diamonds. I think maybe diamonds. Diamonds is a p- potential other possibility. That's, that's true. Um, I mean, it could be a fireball with diamonds underneath a dark semicircle i think now i th- i think that it is really just a pepsi logo okay it has some extra dots um okay. i think that i think that, that is it's space it's like, pepsi it's space it's pepsi the- that's the fizz that's the fizz that comes off the pepsi i love it yeah. i'm about that life yeah. Yeah. Well, confirmed. Jonesy loves Pepsi. (laughs) Confirmed. On this image here, we have um, the E3 2020 reveal. Had a a funny half circle, right? We've got the 2020 2018 leak, which has 
the image with color colors with orange on the semicircle at the bottom with the little dot diamond things and the kind of a dark blue and then the shirt that Dave is talking about was uh, from a, one of the members of Bethesda one of the Bethesda team was wearing a shirt and on the sleeve you could see roughly the same shape only in um, like a white like a white on top of the blue of the shirt which matches the uh, the middle symbol so looks like this is a thing this is some sort of symbol that's going to show up in the game and probably you know a logo type icon or something a lot of people wear uh production shirts if they're on production teams for big movies um especially for for blockbuster films like um the stuff from the harry potter world the stuff from star wars marvel they have production team shirts that they wear um, throughout that are, that are made for that. Now, what does that cause? That causes that causes leaks of onset, maybe cast that they haven't announced yet. The movie industry is very different where you know what everyone's working on. Like you, you get it. Like we know about Marvel movies up until 2030. Like <laughs> right, we know right. there's going to be Dr. Strange five and, and, and the creature from the black lagoon is going to show up. He's um, a hero now. He's on the Avengers. Yeah, he's on the Revengers Avengers. Um, mm. They they had two mm. different rebirths in which they they the names changed a little bit. Um, I th- I think that this is very intentional. This like shirt wearing. I feel like that they were like, okay, we got to give them. We'll give them a little taste. We'll give, give, them a little, give them a little something. something. We'll little, we can't put an Xbox right. Series Series X on the uh, shelf behind us because that's not going to be news anymore. So we're going right. to wear a shirt with a logo on the sleeve that you can barely see. Yeah. Exactly. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't like a, a big, like a big meal. This isn't like a big, uh, like, like good old fried rice combo from the Chinese restaurant. This is just like a little bit of duck sauce they just threw out there. You know, so, this is just like a little. So uh, can little I spicy bit? Can I pitch some speculation around this duck sauce? Um, so so that's what, what I came for. Yeah, and and I want to I want to hear uh, Spacehead's thoughts on this too. This symbol. What does this symbol actually represent in game? It, it may be the symbol, like the icon for Starfield in general that shows up on things. We don't know yet, uh, but it would fit in the circle of the Starfield logo that we currently have seen with Starfield and the circle on it, right? But what does this represent in game? Because it's on the sleeve of Jonesy in the, the screen obviously. obviously. So is Jonesy a part of an organization? What does this represent? What organization is this? Does it represent an organization at all? Is it Maybe just he's part style? of the Starfield. Is, is the Starfield an organization? Maybe it's a corporation. Mm, corp- getting, getting, corporate getting, space corporations. That getting would... into the wrong game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could be a thing. So he's a space corpo. Mm-hmm. Or he's an explorer. Maybe he's an explorer. The Starfield is an exploration group, kind of like um, uh, during the time of uh, the discovery of the Americas, where Europeans would be part of like uh, trade groups. That were claiming different parts of land. Do you think maybe maybe he's part of a corporation that is settling space in order to gather resources? And this is this is one of those corporations. I think that's exactly what he's doing. Like the West India Trade Company or something like that. He's an explorer. He 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 is Fernando De Soto. We can call him Jonesy Fernando. Jonesy DeSoto. Jonesy DeSoto. That's his initials. Fernando Jonesy. Jonesy DeSoto. I think I like that one. Jonesy DeSoto. That's his full name. His name. That's his full name. I'm I'm curious if they're going to retread the ground uh, of having 
different corporations because like fallout is all about capitalist consumerism through and through like that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the theme of all of that and we really haven't seen much in the way of like stuff not centered around that so i feel like that maybe i feel like that maybe like they're thematically kind of, yeah like thematically like the the like a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be like like Tesla in space or what? SpaceX. That's the name of the company. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like that that's like that's ground that's already kind of been covered for them. So I, I'm of the opinion that it's more like straight up like this is what NASA is now. Like we, this is mm-hmm. a, a like collective of 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 people or countries that are going out in the space trying to figure out the star facts. Like I, I feel like that this mm. could be. Mm. Like the the Star Fact uh, Star Fact Discovery crew, like this could be. Yeah, Odie One in chat says the Pepsi Kingdom. Maybe Pepsi has created their own space fleet and is now colonizing the stars. My question: Would it be Crystal Pepsi because mm. of the diamonds yeah. in 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 the logo? I, I, I think I that's like, accurate. Yes, abso- absolutely. This alternate. This is an alternate future that divided from our current timeline exactly where Crystal Pepsi was released into the population, and in this in this alternate future, it takes off. This becomes. Yeah. The savior of all humanity. It becomes Pepsi. Yeah. They just, yeah. They, they just call it Pepsi in the future. They don't even call it Crystal Pepsi. No, it's, just call yeah, it Pepsi. it's just Pepsi now. Yeah. Everybody just knows just Pepsi is Crystal. It is clear. Yeah. 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 I mean, Crystal Pepsi in its, in its design, it's, it's, it is a scientific marvel because you look at it and you think, oh, you know what? That kind of looks like Sprite. It's got to taste like Sprite. But then you drink it and you're like, holy Venus. This thing tastes exactly like Pepsi. That's the science of it all. I think this is going to be a heavy science game. And, and we got to bring along our technological marvels. I feel like the Crystal Pepsi is the most likely candidate to bring along into space as the official drink mm-hmm. of space. Yeah, I like so too. Yeah. LeBron, James, I agree. LeBron James drinks Sprite. Uh, John Hamm yeah. makes ads for Coca-Cola. And uh, Jonesy changed Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, some exactly. people some people don't know that um, Crystal Pepsi actually defies gravity, so it's easier to handle in space because mm-hmm. it, it still sits at the bottom of your drink, you know, like your glass. So you can actually yeah. drink, drink it out it's, of a glass still. And if you ever, th- I mean, the thing that we've learned in this podcast is everything. The reflections tell us all, and there's a lot of reflections with Crystal. It's, Pepsi. it's ray tracing. I mean, it makes sense. It's it is the beverage of ray tracing. So you've got that. I think it's not even ray tracing. It's just like rays. Like mm-hmm. there's a there's a tracing about it. They're just like ray. showing out. It's like it's like this. It's like the pr- the prism of sodas. Ray Charles. I bet they listen to Ray Charles. You got the right one, baby. Yeah. So can we call Crystal Pepsi in space a space fact at this point? Do you think space that fact. there's enough? Here, mm. this I feel is like, a new space like fact. Okay. Yes. This is officially officially a new space fact. Woo-hoo! There we go. New space Crystal fact. Crystal Pepsi confirmed. <laughs> claimed, claimed Crystal Pepsi in Starfield. Mm. So, uh, any other speculation on the star star clues, guys? Any other thoughts? We're we're left we're left a little dry here. 
I mean, we, we had to we had to take a good portion of this podcast to talk about Crystal Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. here's here if Bethesda is listening, leave a few little morsels for us. You know, we're we're just like little Christmas mouse, and all we want's a little crumb of the cookie. You know, leave us that little crumb of the cookie. I want a little bit of the crumb of the Starfield cookie. Yeah, give me some of that Starfield cookie. Hopefully, it tastes like Crystal Pepsi. What crystals can form solid things? Crystals. Crystal Pepsi cookies. Other. This is the second piece of this new space fact. I feel like we've just reached a whole new state of matter. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whole new state of matter. All right. Well, on that, why don't we move to the middle of the episode? Because we have some speculating to do and some wonderful new screens to show you guys from Tuniversal. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. I noted last time that that uh, transition music is a little bit too long, but I figured might as well keep it so we can jam out a little bit. We are in the middle of the episode. This is the place where we take a breather, where we relax, because this is a lot of hard work, friends, doing this much news reporting and speculation. My pulse is up. Mm. I don't know about you guys. Um, It's also the place in the show. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, you know what? I I mean, I just I really like relaxing. And when I want to relax most, I drink Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi uh, sponsoring the show, not regular Pepsi. Regular Pepsi does not sponsor the show. Crystal Pepsi from the alternate future that is Starfield is a sponsor of the show. So thank you to them. Um, You can't actually purchase it right now. So if it does become purchasable, we'll let you know. And then you can help support the show. Uh, Otherwise, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. Make sure that you're subscribed to us. If you're listening to us some other way, like maybe live on uh, Twitch or watching videos on YouTube, search for us in your podcatcher because you can subscribe. Our episodes are kind of random right now. We're just doing episodes when new info comes out. So until we get some more regular drops and updates, probably a good six to eight months from now, we're going to be doing some regular or irregular episodes. Irregular episodes. That sounds like a medical problem. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. Astrology. Welcome to the Cult of Astrology. This is the part of the show where we discuss our wildest, dangerous, and potentially explosive predictions about what is the game of the Starfield. Dave, you have some thoughts on the uh, procedural dialogue. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to have a discussion um, about procedural dialogue within because we, as as a cult we have to have um, when we meet together on the, on on this finest day to to praise our one true savior Jonesy 
um, who which we all owe a, a debt of gratitude and servitude. Um, before we even get into the discussion, I want to, to kind money. of I have am, an I exercise. Some, I am some lunch money too. Don't forget that. Oh, uh, well. thanks, thanks, Jonesy. We're going to do an exercise because group activity builds us. Um, it, it demonstrates who is a leader among us. It demonstrates who is a a space wizard among us. Um, only through exercise are we able to uh, to ascend, uh, both in in, in gravity. Um, so I, I have an experiment for both for both Tom and Toon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this won't take mm-hmm. that long. Okay, uh, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you some things, and I just need you to to give me the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Okay. I love at the same time, still- like we're talking over each other. No, 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 I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask each one of you individually. Uh, okay. So there's all four right. four questions a piece. Um. All right, Tom. I'm give ready. me a proper na- Give me a proper noun. Pepsi. All right. Tune. Give me a food item. Pepsi. Uh, give me a popular store, Tom. The Pepsi store. It's, that's not a real store, is it? Uh, I, it's the first thing that came to your mind. Uh, <laughs> tune. Okay. Tune. If you could name a planet, what would you name it? Mr. Roboto. I was hoping you were going to say like Mars 2 or something like that. <laughs> Mars the Tom. sequel. Yes. Yes, Dave. Name any tool. Dave. Oh, you oh, mean like an actual phys- like a physical? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God. Uh, a nail clipper. Tool. That's a tool. Sure. Uh... Uh, if you broke a body part, what would it be, Tune? Femur. Mm, that sounds painful. It is painful. We are, we are progressing that. through the uh, moral chart at this point, so painful might actually be appealing. I'm not sure exactly where we are in the moral chart. Towards the bottom somewhere. Uh, Tom, name me a famous person. <laughs> um, Elvis Costello. You guys thought I was going to go with regular Elvis, Re- but I changed Presley. it up. And lastly, tuned, give me a verb. Uh, a verb. Um, ran. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to talk to you a minute about procedural dialogue. Uh, obviously, if you're making up a bunch of dialogue, you're going to need to have some, some base standards to go off of. Um, you're going to need to input some things into the system so which mm-hmm. it can mix mm-hmm. them around and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. and create its own dialogue. Um, the right, best base standard. Way. So like you up the uh, 100 hertz area. That's generally the sweet form spot in the voice. Right. The, yeah. The best way uh, the best way to to visualize this is through an ancient uh, ancient art called Mad Libbing, uh, oh, in yeah. which these mm-hmm. these fellows have participated in. And so we have today in this very moment through this very exercise uh, created a. Uh, particular uh, short story uh, for you all to listen to today. A space lib, if you will. A space lib. I am on the edge of my space seat. Are you prepared? Yes, that's what that means. Yes. 
This is Captain Pepsi of the Starship Pepsi. We need to engage the Pepsi store thruster to get to the planet Mr. Roboto. We have need of your nail clipper because our femur broke. Contact Elvis Costello so that we can ran to its moon. And that's it. <laughs> That's the story. That's an actual quest you're going to go on <laughs> in a, Starfield. This is a side quest. This is a side quest. This is a side quest. Bethesda mm-hmm. developers, I hope you were listening to the show. And um, now, screw that. We are clearly already talking about something that is actually in the game. That there is a character named yeah. Pepsi who flies a ship named Pepsi. And yes, he works is, at the Pepsi store. He works at the Pepsi store. And well, uh, no, he has a Pepsi store uh, uh, style thruster. So he, he didn't <laughs> he doesn't work at the Pepsi store. He bought his thruster at from the, the Pepsi. Okay. But that makes okay. sense because makes Pepsi sense, yes. has a fleet of ships. And so they have to make the parts for the ships. That, that totally makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm most mm-hmm. confused about, and maybe once we actually play the game, we'll get some uh, light shined on this little section, is how exactly you can deal with your femur using nail clippers. I don't really understand how that works, but. Uh, have you seen the movie Apollo 13? Yes. I you have. know, when they're like, we got to fit the square thing into the circle thing. Right. And they're like, how do we do that? Yeah, they got to MacGyver I mean, their way home. Yeah, totally. That seems like, a. I mean, you, you, you got a broken femur uh, and you got a nail clipper. Okay. Boom. And you, Problem you're going to fix it. Crisis averted. Yeah. 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 We need Tom Hanks and MacGyver in the same spaceship. We would we'd always make it home. Yeah, and Jonesy. So, and Jonesy. So, what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of procedural things do you think? What, what, what things do you think we're gonna we're gonna see if things are so randomized? Things are so put in there. What do you think? Yeah, I have some thoughts on procedural generation. I also have some some thoughts on procedural dialogue because if they make procedural dialogue, I hope that it is good ninety eight percent of the time. And then 2% of the time, we get some typical Bethesda bugs that happen in the procedural dialogue where things like nail clippers and, and you know, broken bones get mushed together for some reason. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'll do it on the quest anyway. I hope that happens. Dune, what do you think? I do too. I mean, I'm interested to see how, how they use the procedural format to populate the world. I mean, we were just talking about it earlier. Um, hopefully this means that that gets to the game quicker though. You know, I think that's, this is what I really want is like, I, yeah. I, I think, I think if it's, if it's, if it's happening in this way and they're using this technology to, uh, replicate worlds, uh, and, and people and populate things more quickly, uh, hopefully this gets us a game that works well sooner. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Todd Howard has a supercomputer that's watching all the episodes of star Trek and then is like formulating it to, to write its own script? Yeah, but, but his name is Elon Musk. Like he yeah, he's, he's sitting with his buddy Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, That's, uh, mm, Elon but, Musk is a supercomputer basically at this point. Yeah, uh, okay. He started okay. out as a man. He's slowly been replacing himself. Um, mm. He's not mm. actually a human anymore. I don't, do you, well, do you I mean, that? I thought that was common knowledge. I thought he's a synth. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a synth, and you know what? He he used some procedural dialogue generation for his own kid. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's how Elon that, Musk talks. He's he basically is just procedurally generating dialogue dialogue. and that's how he comes up with his uh his crazy ideas that you know are amazing and now we've got better batteries and in spacex you know so 
That's you throw grass at the fence, something's going to stick. Yep. You know, yeah, you just got to throw a lot of grass. Um, So I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts here and I want to hit these pretty quick because I'm absolutely dying to get to Toon's drawings and to our game of stars, which we wrap up the show with. But here are some thoughts that I have. If you have a world that's procedurally generated and it's going to be absolutely massive, then you're not going to be able to hand place NPCs everywhere. Right. And we know that this game is based off of real world exploration of space, the dangers of traveling far away, maybe even things like the likelihood of there being planets that aren't inhabited. In fact, most of the planets that you would land on wouldn't be inhabited. It wouldn't have actual life on them. They'd be pretty barren. So going down that rabbit hole and tying to some of the things that Bethesda has worked into their games before, what is Bethesda like? Bethesda loves ancient gods and ancient civilizations and histories of things that are uncovered and stories that we're, we're just we're exploring and discovering so what if we end up on these planets and we don't necessarily find current inhabitants and aliens what we do find are the remnants of societies that have passed away that are no longer there intelligent species that are leaving behind the remnants of their worlds in order for us to uncover what's actually going on with those worlds or where those People currently are now because they're no longer on those planets and what if all of this is tied to and I wore this shirt on purpose that is Cthulhu my friends <laughs> old gods that is my you know what it, that is my new speculation kind of reminds me of uh, Stargate remember Stargate yeah, yeah ancient civilizations you know right coming through the old Stargate so the star field all right I think we can confirm some of the actors from Stargate are going to be a part of the voice acting for Starfield. Yeah, uh, what's your face? The lady who was on Stargate, it, it has been on Supernatural, but that show's like done now, so she needs something to do. Starfield, boom. Starfield, that's it. Richard Dean Anderson, what's he doing lately? I don't know. Starfield, Starfield. that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. I mean, Cyberpunk gets Keanu Reeves. Why can't Starfield have reach Richard Dean Anderson? They're basically the same level stars, right? I don't see the problem with this at all. Wasn't well, wasn't uh, Chris Judge and hands? Wait, wait, wait! And Richard Dean Anderson played MacGyver. <gasps> he was on my, Stargate my, and my, and MacGyver. My space head just exploded. My he, space head just exploded. perfect. He would be the perfect your space. Yeah, I'm glad you put it back together so quickly. That was this is perfect. I think this is another star fact, my friends. Space I'm, I'm curious how he gets the nail clippers and what what do we do with the nail clippers? How much weight are they? Can we put them in our backpack? What can we solve with nail clippers? That's my mm-hmm. I'm walking away mm-hmm. from this wondering all the things that I could possibly do. I have because one answer like, for you right now. The nail clippers are point one in the weight. That's good. Yeah, they're point one point one. They're point one point one. Mm-hmm. I want to wait mm-hmm. space weight. So can we uh, can we you, can we say ancient ancient gods Richard Dean Anderson and uh, ancient civilizations. Is this a new space fact? Space fact. Space fact. I would say space so. Right. I would say so. <laughs> space fact. <laughs> I can't. That sound is good. That sound is very good. That's I the like that that's sound. the confirmation sound for for space fact. Space fact. When the, when the space fact is finally found, when yeah. it's revealed itself yeah. to us, we celebrate. We celebrate with a. Woo-hoo! All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on because we have some drawings to get to and game of stars. And we're already like almost an hour into the show. So let's let's get to these images. Tune. Which image should I pull up first? No, you, why don't you just tell me and surprise me, you know? Okay. Surprise, surprise right. the audience too. 
All right. Now, I will say about these, you know, these these are confirmed um, Starfax images, uh, concept art mm-hmm. of vehicles, starships, I should say, that will most likely make it to the game. I don't think these are. Gonna, I, don't, I don't think you can leave these on the cutting floor. I think they're too good. Yeah. So the, um, yeah. the Starfield uh, consciousness has beamed these directly into your floating head, and you and have my now. Space head had you've now used your uh, amazing artistic skills to render these for everyone to see so first up Mm -hmm. we have what uh what you have titled the bi fighter Mm -hmm. bi fighter uh this is a starship that has uh two wings hence the name bi Mm -hmm. the uh Mm -hmm. the bi fighter has a pod that a co-pilot sits in and um yeah this is something totally original that uh is from the brain of uh the bethesda team really smart really really well done Mm-hmm. Dave, does I it like, remind you of anything? What do you, what do you like, like about the, this? The, the wings, the it's kind of like they're kind of like a like when you get a when you get a package and you take everything off of it and layer and you get like two pieces of cardboard and then you just stuck them in between, like you put like a little pod or like a little circle in between them. Yeah, and flies. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of looks like an iBot with two pieces of cardboard mm-hmm. stuck on the side. Maybe maybe that's what it maybe that's what the reference is more like. Maybe it's more like an iBot with cardboard. I think yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. so a bi fighter. Uh, I see there's like these axes on the wings though. They're kind of mm-hmm. like drawn. Would would you call that an X wing on a bi fighter? Or? You know, I I I think I think these are probably some sort of solar collectors to collect energy to power the bi fighter. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe okay. there's maybe mm. uh, maybe this is an X-wing bi fighter. Mm, maybe yeah, maybe it is an X-wing bi fighter. That might be that might be how it works. All right, well let's move on to our next one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one. Speaking of um, something that has a very similar sounding, this is strange. It has a very similar sounding name. We have the mm-hmm. Vex-wing fighter. Oh, the Vex-wing. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, the Vex-wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually has these scissor-like wings that pop out, so it can go from. Um, it can go from kind of being stationary to sort of this uh, the scissor formation and uh, sort of can spread out the uh, space lasers it has on there. Mm, I like space lasers. I also like that scissors are very similar to nail clippers. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're getting the same lever action. You know how a lot of like, oh, like when George Lucas is thinking about, and this has nothing to do, and then these aren't, things aren't even close. But when he was thinking about designing spaceships, he thought about a lot of household items. Um, and I think that this is like a, a, a meat thermometer. Like if you really got to uh, get your meat temperature, I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Okay, I can you see want readings yeah. from like deep in the meat. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also from the surface level. Yeah. Right. Like one main mm-hmm. thermometer with four little thermometers that put yeah. in around yeah. it. So you can get yeah. all mm-hmm. the different uh-huh. locations. I, I agree. And then the, the little lights at the back, the little red lights are like readouts for each of the temperatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Um, let's move on to the next one. We have uh, two more, uh, and then yep. one from one of our listeners, uh, Crystal King. Oh, nice chat. I'm so we'll get to that, that one last. Mm. Yeah. So this one is the uh, Century Bird of Prey. What is what's going on here, Tune? What are the, uh, oh, the voices Century from Bird space of Prey telling you? You know, I I think this was I think part of this was uh, was inspired by a pizza box and uh, pepperonis. I think I think that was part of where they got the. And I'm not, I'm not sure where they got uh, Century Bird of Prey from, but um, it's, it's a long name. I think they can probably shorten it to something else, mm-hmm. though. It doesn't look much like a bird. I, I have a feeling it flies like that way. 
I, I, like maybe I think this side it, is the, the I, think bottom maybe it left. Flies, I think it flies like this, actually. Right. Um, let's describe this for our, our listeners at home. Um, this looks like I don't know. This is tough to describe, guys. Uh, I don't know, let me I'm just going to go out. Of, this is um, this is the closest thing I can think of to describe this for our listeners at home. Um, have you guys seen Star Wars? It's kind of like the Millennium Falcon, but totally different. Okay. Millennium, Millennium, Millennium what? Falcon? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, okay. it's not okay. really. It's not really like here's, that at all. Here's household items. I go back to this. This is like I know. Listen, I know my space stuff, and on the back of that, that's a cheese grater. I tell you, mm. if mm. you're getting a slice of cheese, I mean, think about how like space age a cheese grater is. Like, think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, that makes like, sense. It, I can see it. I can see it. Uh-huh. Does that fly against other ships and then like grate the? It like chops them. In yeah, little, I think little, that, little that, that would explain the flying. You know, if you can flip this like uh, uh, like uh, ninety degrees, you would it would show you the way that it flies. Yes, yeah. I think I, th- I think then, the grading huh. aspect of it is uh, is what it does to shave here, off pieces. And here's the thing: let's say you're working on like a kind of a a surface where you can stick stuff. Like you 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 know you're normally like cutting cheese on like a styrofoam board. Um, you're going to be putting that like you can stick those two prongs at the end of it and you can like stick it down in there and then it's stationary and then you don't even need to hold the the the, you know, the spaceship yeah or where, where am I cheese spaceship uh, if you're flying on a planet and you're trying to grade another ship you just land right in that that satellite next to it and just like grind it out you know this is like a, a, a real grinder of a ship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think i think those two protruding things in the front that's actually like the landing gears it actually lands uh, on those like, like oh, it walks on them like yeah. legs yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. Fragile, shark, mobile, yeah. fragile shark in chat mm-hmm. says looks like a genesis controller on the uh right on the right hand side so like there's little uh, genesis controller buttons over there mm. could have been yeah maybe it's like a giant's frisbee they just hold it they throw it yeah, maybe yeah. it's like it's like a something. Uh, I, I can t- I can see a frisbee. So like, if I wonder if it can like fly and spin, like you know, like flying saucer, like yeah, have a spin. I wonder if it's like designed to spin funny, and when it needs to when it needs to go one direction, it has it its wing tips. When it needs to grade other ships, it just flips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ship flip, and it it rhymes, so they remember how to use it. Um, yeah. we've got one more for, from you too. And this one is probably the most unique of the group. This mm-hmm. is called the, uh, you, you've labeled it the inner prize. I'm not sure what this has to do with, uh, mm-hmm. awards of any sort, but so the inner enterprise prize. is actually a flying casino. It will, uh, oh. it, you know, people, you know, people on planets will rent this out and the casino will fly in orbit around, you know, your, um, your planet, and then people can take their spaceships and fly to it and, uh, spend their space money there, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's as if there's a, um, pizza on the front, like Mm -hmm. a big round pizza, Mm -hmm. uh, connected to a series of tubes that then stick off the back, uh, with casino Mm -hmm. written on the side. Mm -hmm. And I think those little blue dots represent windows of, of the hotel that you can stay Mm -hmm. in. That makes sense. Cause Ah, you're going to want to see the stars in the star field. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so sp- space hotels, do they serve pizza at the space hotel? Is that a big... So you, you know when you yeah. go to like a city yeah, totally. and they have a rotating restaurant? You ever been to a rotating restaurant? That's a restaurant? rotating pizza <laughs> restaurant right there. That's the, what the big totally thing Totally what it is, you, obviously. Dave, yeah. you're, you're a genius, clearly. Um, you know, I'm thinking... The, my first thought when I saw this was when you go to Belk, 
when you're when you're eight years old because you because your mother took you there probably all the belks are closed now um or whatever it used to be before then uh when you're just a little lad and you go and the only thing fun to look at are some of the household items and they have a back scratcher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it looks like that and you like it has little handles and you just start scratching your back it kind of looks like instead of a scratcher maybe a back buffer mm-hmm. you grab okay. two handles mm-hmm. and then you like Mm-hmm. You're doing like you're doing mm-hmm. like this. You got to yeah. you got yeah. to wiggle around that. kind of centrally so, in order to make it work. So he, yeah. Here's my here's my thing. I think that Century Bird of Prey and the Enterprise are uh probably in the same fleet because once yeah. you grind a ship how do, I mean that's kind of looking a little weird. So what you got to do is you got to get out there and smooth it down. Get the Enterprise out there. You think it's a hotel and all of a sudden it comes into action. Mm-hmm. And it's buffing those ships. Mm-hmm. Buffing those ships. I have to call out uh, Rob Q sixty three in chat, who uh, has noted that he, they may maybe the space uh, voices are talking to Rob. Also, um, says here the captain of the Enterprise is named. Get this, Darth Vegas. I, a, I, a very I, I unique name. Um, I think that's very possible that Darth Vegas. I think we can. Can we lock that down as another space fact that Darth Vegas oh, is there, a character in the we, game? We just got uh, I mean, confirmation yep. just yep. happened yep. immediately. Darth Vegas confirmed. We didn't Darth even Vegas, need to debate Darth that. Vegas confirmed. It's that's been not even confirmed. procedural. That's not even procedural. That's just that's just a narrative bit that we now know. Yeah. What? How much are we going to know by the end of this? I mean. <laughs> Let alone this episode. Basically, the entire plot of the main story. Yeah, it all depends on how much the space voices reveal to the space head. Yeah. So we have one more from Crystal King in chat, um, and he he delivered this like a prophet, just dropping off an image and then not saying anything about it. So here it is, friends, on the fly. What do you think about this? It is a. Yellow face, a balding head who appears to be wearing glasses and has buck teeth, and uh-huh. a red spaceman with a backpack who looks sus to me. He looks kind of looks uh, a little sus. Yeah, looks a little sus. Looks a little among us. Like around, around I think it looks around y'all. Yeah. Around you all. Around y- y'all. Around you all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I mean, it's it's clear that there's there's an evil twin situation, like in the world as we live in it. Like you're gonna run into your evil twin when you die. Like when you die, you you go to a duel and you fight your evil twin, and whoever wins, um, then becomes you. Um, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's real life stuff. So and everybody knows that your evil twin is 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 uh your name backwards. So I think this is Jonesy's evil twin. Is Naj? Is Naj? Okay. Is Naj? Is Naj? And I think that he may be one of the villains of the story. I don't think he's the main villain. I have. I think he's like a, a side character. Yeah, I have some speculation as well. But uh, first, I have to say, Crystal, Crystal King, and Chad just wrote it's the protagonist fleeing from a, a star person. So you might be onto something here. I'm going to toss mm. this this I had idea it backwards. Out. I'm going to, uh, but fleeing from a star person. Maybe the star person is his evil twin. Maybe that's his evil twin. Or what if that is Darth Vegas? Maybe it is. Here, just to get the most clear view on this, I'm going to enlarge it as much as I possibly can. We're going to get 
We're going to get right we're in here real good. Enhance. I'm enhancing. Enhance. 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 Oh, it's it's struggling. If OBS crashes, so I apologize. It's so big now. I apologize. It is so big. Oh, my God. Oh, look. my. How do we handle that? Look at that. It's I mean, so that big. Is, that's Darth Vegas. Is that Darth Vegas? Does that look like Darth I Vegas? Darth Vegas. Can I get any larger? I don't know that I can. I think, I, says, broke, I, think I broke this. Jones. I am your uncle. Hmm. Okay. Well, th thank you, uh, Crystal. If uh, the space voices tell you anything else about what's going on with the game, please, please, please send us the images before you release them to the rest of the internet because they may not be ready for it, but we are absolutely ready for it. So, it is time for our game of stars. Dave, what are we doing this week for game of stars? Uh, first of all, uh, didn't I have a, didn't, wasn't there a host of the Game of Stars? Um, yes, there was a host of the Game of Stars. Danny DeVito? I don't think it, I don't think it was Danny. He was a soul man, I believe. I think it was a soul man. Well, you figure this out. I'm going to turn the music up. He's been out in the country oh, for way too long. Uh, his hat has turned brown. Uh, <laughs> it's me, the host of Game of Stars, here to tell you all about the wonderful game this week and to give you the standings. Uh, currently on the board, we have uh, Tom here. And with his theory uh, 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 from last week says, there will be a reptilian Stargonian's space race in the game. That was worth four points. Dave has one on the board, and there will be gigantic bugs. Uh, that's a one-pointer. A very, very, very easy pick. Uh, next up is Toon, our guest spot, that says something that looks like a warthog vehicle will be in the game. That's confirmed at three points. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I now leave it to our wonderful contestants to uh, discern their theories for the Game of Stars board this week. All right. All right. Toon, do you have any thoughts? You want to go first? Or I, guess? I do. I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I'm going to kind of stick with my Microsoft Halo narrative. And I'm going to say that Halo and Starfield are in the same universe. Same, same universe. universe. Same mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. Halo. And Starfield. I'm same could be some crossover, same universe. Ooh. All right. What what do we give that on a scale of think, what was it, one to five? I think that's a risky prediction. I think that's a five. I think, I that's, think that's a five. Like I mean, that's if it a happens, confirmation. That's like huge. But I think it's I think it's very risky. So I think it's a I think, confirmation. I think you if you if you get this right, you're getting a lot of points, buddy. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm going for the risky way. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like not a nod. It's like confirmed. Like beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is in the Halo universe. Yes, we're going with that. Yeah, yeah, not like That's oh, we, they, because, they reused, yeah. they reused you know, a similar model to one of the ships, and so oh, maybe yeah, this is yeah, yeah not none of that stuff. Like this no, is clearly like yeah, yes, clearly the same thing. Not like oh, that kind of looks like the Covenant, or no, that kind of looks like you know whatever, Master Chief, Master Chef. No, mm -hmm. they're in the same universe. That's what I'm going. I'm going I'm to go out on the limb for this for this one this week. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting that's that a five. five. That's a five. I'm impressed. Right. Yeah. You're coming in here. You're bringing a five pointer to coming us. In hot. This is coming fast, in hot. This is a fastball. The the Ooh. face is coming in hot here. I can't scratch my nose, but I'm coming in hot. Hot, <laughs> hot. Coming in hot. Just shaking his face around. All right. That's all I got. I've got one. I've got one, friends. I've got one. All right. All right. 
So uh, I was inspired by our talk of Richard Dean Anderson. And I think even if we don't get Richard Dean Anderson in Starfield, we will have at least one A-list celebrity voicing a character. Hmm. What would you consider A-list? A-list celebrity. Somebody who like stars in very popular movies or is absolutely the like you know award-winning type of actor somebody okay. somebody who isn't you know not somebody who like oh i remember them from 10 years ago when they're on that tv show not that like keanu reeves level a-list celebrity like george clooney like george clooney yeah george clooney could be or somebody tom hanks or tom hanks yeah somebody a-list celebrity i can't decide okay all right, it's, it's the it's the middle for me. It's in the middle for me. I no 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 no. This is a one. They're putting a lot okay. of money out there. They're meeting okay. with Elon Musk, a list celebrity, a list celebrity. They had a they had a Zachary Livy. Like he was a Shazam. That's an a list. He was a superhero. I don't even know he who that is. A, I don't know who that is. He was in the show Chuck. He's he's like a a. An A-lister. Nah, they had a, him in Fallen New Vegas. He's a B. He's that's a B. He was Shazam. Shazam's not. He was like a B superhero. Come it, on. It broke box office records. I this is to <laughs> me. This is a one. And the only way that the, the only way that you can bump me up to maybe a three is if you can name if you can make this a little bit spicier. Now this is a kind of a spice it up. You need a little more spice up. here. You need a little bit more all spice. Right, okay. All right. All right. Pick, all right. And then uh, I got it. Uh, uh, I got it. Okay. I got it. I, spicy female a-list celebrity not male mm. because you know everyone goes for the male celebrities right it will be a female a-list celebrity cortana it will be cortana <laughs> she'll be cortana mm. go on, go on, go on with it'll the- confirm both of us <laughs> at the same time. not the actress that plays cortana just cortana just cortana <laughs> kim kardashian <laughs> Okay. Ooh, oh, that's God. spicy. That's a five. That's a five. It would be a female A-list celebrity. If it's yeah, a male A-list that, celebrity, uh, not not on. If it's a female B-list celebrity, not not accurate. And I mean, that's a pretty limited. Like, there's there's a pretty limited there's amount of A-list always, female. There's only so many. Yeah, only so many. Yeah, Cameron Diaz. There we go. That would be one. What if like Helen Mirren, like what yeah. Helen Hunt, and it can't just and it can't just be somebody who's like a female celebrity who's been on Star Trek. Like, okay, that's fine. That's not an A list celebrity. A list, yeah, celebrity. Jennifer uh, Lawrence, me, yeah, that would be one. Okay, yeah. To me, they have to be in block. Like, they have to be like frequently seen in a blockbuster too. Right. Like, because yeah. the blockbusters are how they make their money, yeah. and they they. It's yeah. like Brad Pitt goes in a blockbuster every so often and then right. he goes off and makes like Curious Case of Benjamin Button, like whatever. Yeah, Taylor Swift or uh, the girl who played Hermione. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah, like one of these, like this level celebrity. You say their name, everybody's, everybody has knows who they are and has probably seen one of their movies. I say that's a three-pointer. I give it a, th- I, I say still three, yeah. All right. no, I said it's I'll a two-pointer. It. I think I think if you give us a specific celebrity, we're going fives for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Fives, yes. I'm not but, that. I'm I not mean, that pressure. No, yeah. Like I, I'm also. I'm, I'm happy with three. I'm good with three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got a bit of a strategy here. Um, my strategy is to uh, is to try to win. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these these jokers out here are giving you some. Uh, 
pretty, pretty, uh, some say, some would say that they're, uh, shooting for the stars. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, my bet this week is that there will be a Zayton skeleton in the game. Mm, from uh, Fallout. Mm. For those of uh, those of yes. uh, those of our audience who don't play Fallout, like, the Zaytans are the aliens from Fallout, and they have very specific. Well, here's the thing, though: the Zaytans look like a classic gray or green alien, right? They will go through the game files and find that they are indeed. They will be labeled from Zayton, the same model. Zayton skeleton. They will look like the same model. All right. All like right. the I can give that a four. Monster. Bethesda likes to hide stuff in games like there's a fallout bobblehead in rage like uh, there's like they, they, they cross popularity the games with little little Easter eggs but specific well but this would make sense it's an alien what else would they pull from fallout other than the alien from fallout that's like the first thing they would go to right. I think it's like and I'm not two. saying two. I'm not saying you're gonna go and see is it I'm saying Zayton skeleton uh-huh it will it's not gonna specifically be specifically like a, a skeleton it's not gonna be a dead you, zayton there will be a zayton skeleton skeleton and the skeleton will not be inside the body of like a dead corpse or something it'll just be it'll no, be like it a dried up be. bones on the ground now, now here's the thing if there is a dead corpse but you see the zayton skeleton like let's say that, that it's like, like all dried up arm is decayed and there's see, bones yeah yeah if you see a piece of the zayton skeleton it looks like, you know, that still counts? skeletons from Skyrim still counts. Yes. All right. All right. Three. See the skeleton. I'm going to go with a three. Three? Tune? Uh, okay, I'll go three. It's a three. It's a three. Were you hoping for spice here? No, I'm, I, I'm actually, I was hoping that is a, I was thinking that was a one, so I'm taking that. No, 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 it's, that's, no, it's specific enough. It's that, that, a, a Zayton, the Zayton, a Zayton would be a one yeah. or two, specifically the skeleton. That makes We're giving you, we'll give you a three. I'll make it a three. Yeah. Does that include the, like most of the body or would it do like, it was just a skull. Does that count? Oh, just a skull. Yeah. It has yeah, a piece of a Zayton skeleton. All right. All right. We said three. We'll stick with three. That's fair. That's free. That's fair. All yeah, right. You already said it. So it doesn't fair. even matter. That's cool. Reaching for the stars can't, like your buzz light here. Can't change it up. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Starfield Lorecast. I think we're at the end of the show. Guys, anything anything going on? Tune. Let's start with you. You're our guest. Anything cool happening? What, what do you got for our audience to check out? You know, you can check me out over at twitch.tv forward slash Tuniversal Monday through Friday, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Doing a lot of Bethesda content, mainly Fallout 76. Uh, a big charity event is coming up for Fallout streamers, uh, the Fallout, um, Fallout for Hope. And um, I will be streaming uh, during one of those times, raising money for St. Jude's Play Live awesome. charity. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great event. Well, uh, Dave and I will be a part of that as well with the Fallout Hub also. So... Stay tuned for more info about what's coming up with that. Dave, what do you got going on? Uh, you can catch me here at Starfield Lorecast. You can catch me at the Fallout Hub, which is a podcast I do with one of uh, my hosts on the show, Tom, as well as another podcaster, Kenneth Vigue, Uh that's mostly weekly. Uh, right now, we're taking a little break before the big old Steel Dawn patch comes out in Fallout 76, which is... Speaking of Steel Dawn patches... Oh! Look at yeah. go! Putting that patch on... Uh, we've got that. I've also uh, got a little po- uh, podcast to do called Geography Arcade that's kind of on a hiatus for the rest of the year because uh, things are very busy. My life is very 
very busy. And I'm sure that everybody's life as they go into the holiday times is also very busy. Uh, so that's what's going on in my life. Um, I'm also wearing pants today, uh, which is the other thing. Oh, all right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Just want to clear that up. Our listeners don't know. Dave hasn't worn pants in weeks. Like any pants, just, any I, pants at all. He's been Donald ducking around. I just like to clarify. Every time I'm on the podcast, people are like, what do you have to promote? And I'm like, I need to promote that I'm wearing pants. Pants. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of pants. Um, cool. Cool stuff. Uh, I've got my normal stuff going on at twitch.tv slash robots radio, where you can tune in for any of our, any of my Lorecast shows. I'm also part of the Fallout Hub. And uh, I've been streaming during the days. Sometimes I'm just working on stuff. Sometimes I'm playing games. And sometimes I'm doing my new game show are you smarter than twitch chat where i ask you video game quiz questions and it's twitch chat versus our contestant each episode and the first episode of that you can catch on the fallout lorecast feed or at the robots radio youtube channel so check out for that if you are here for that live then you have the potential to also win prizes as being part of the twitch chat or a competitor so make sure you've turned on your notifications for the twitch channel when it goes live i don't have a regular schedule for it but there's always a chance that we'll play and you might win some prizes uh over a hundred dollars worth of potential prizes to win so including like video games and gift cards and things all right well that's it for this episode of the show thank you guys for joining us thank you twitch chat for being here thank you for everyone listening to this in your ear holes and thank you for the floating head for joining us to universal we appreciate it this has been awesome thanks for having me all right we'll talk to you guys next time see you later and my button didn't work there oh wait that's the wrong one nope nope, nope. ah there it is. It just has a slow start to it. That's what it is. Gotta cycle through. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom excited for Starfield. Let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Hey, why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes and that's the best I could think of. Woohoo! You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step step through the background of the games in the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast, reader, podcatcher, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify. Again, that's the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, available everywhere. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 
25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.